0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: our listeners. Welcome to Access Talk with Trish, a 30-minute weekly radio segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. And I'm your host for the show, Trish Robichaud, disability inclusion coach, author, facilitator, motivational speaker. I'm a woman with a disability, but I'm definitely not a disabled woman. The Access Talk with Trish radio show can be heard live on Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern at accesstalkwithtrish.com. Or you can listen to past show recordings on demand at any time at the same address or on iTunes if that's how you roll. The show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that don't think they have the time or money for compliance. Visit changingcases.com and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. And on that note, I'd like to introduce you to my guest for this week, Susan Piccarello, Assistant Deputy Minister of the Ontario Public Service Accessibility and Employment Strategy for People with Disabilities. As such, she's leading the implementation of Access Talent. Ontario's employment strategy for people with disabilities as well as other accessibility initiatives throughout the OPS During her over 24 years with the OPS ADM Piccarello has held various key senior level positions in legislative policy and program development and operations including cabinet health and education policy since 2010 She was the director of the Assistive Device Program, or ADP, at the Ministry of Health and Long-Term Care, where she led a comprehensive transformation of the program, working with both the business and disability sectors to improve service quality while ensuring value for money for the government. ADM Pegrello also has experience in the mental health field from 2012 to 2014, Concurrent with her ADP responsibilities, she was director of the Psychiatric Patient Advocate Office. Hmm. She holds a bachelor's degree in economics and political science from the University of Toronto. Stay with us and hear ABM Piccarello share how Ontario plans to grow a stronger economy and a diverse culture of acceptance by breaking down barriers to employment for people with disabilities. Welcome ADM Piccarello. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much Trish. Pleasure to have you here Let's start at the beginning Access talk looks to be a monumental set of objectives The call to action alone, for example, if responded to could change the face of employment for people with disabilities in Ontario could you share the call to action with our listeners, how it came about and how in the world we're going to achieve this huge goal? Well, the call to
0: action is really to encourage all employers, both from the private, public sector, across employers, anyone that has about over 20 employees, to actually, at least, make an effort to hire one more person with a disability, and that would mean that 56,000 people with disabilities would get jobs. That's about 30% of the people who are with disabilities who are looking for work getting a job, and would be able to be able to apply their talent to the business and to the community. Um, so this is really going to be a, a, a long journey and a collaborative journey to get to this sort of call to action. We're going to have to work together with business, the nonprofit sector, the broader public sector, and the public sector as leader to really um, help and, and reach this call to action. And we're doing this on a number of fronts that are talked about in the strategy. And it's also important that we get people with disabilities matched with their talents to the jobs that they
1: can succeed in. Perfect. I guess this leads us to the four pillars then, um, which are start early, engage, integrate, trailblaze. Let's talk about start early and engage first. How about sharing a primary initiative that you've already been working on for each of those? Okay, so um, for start early, we're really looking at trying to get to the youth so that they can, that.
0: Yeah. so that they can really think about from early childhood to be as you have a disability, and as a person with a disability myself, I, I do have cerebral palsy. Um, I, I know from personal experience that it's very important that you have career path goals from an early age mm-hmm. and that you understand that you can contribute to society and that you can contribute in a very meaningful and productive way. Some of the things that we're doing related to that are really making sure that youth can get experiential learning early on co-op opportunities that they can be mentored and really look towards as the educators tell them yes you can have um, work opportunities and you can contribute and you need to look at what your skills are not what areas that you have a disability in so I think that's a really important piece of it and we're going to really be looking at it both from the K-12 um, sphere, as well as from moving into post-secondary. Because as we know, 50% of people with disabilities do have a post-secondary education. Now, we know that with people of all different abilities, some people with disabilities will not go for post-secondary education. So we need to also focus on making sure that they get the skills, support, and overall confidence that they can enter the workforce early on in their, in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we're doing as well is looking at focusing on youth that are in are currently already getting, are already on ODSP, the Ontario Disability Support Program, mm-hmm. and that are just coming in at an early age, say 18, onto the program, program and making sure that they have the supports to actually try and get um, jobs. So we're going to have a specific pilot that talks about youth, having, giving the youth, youth workers that will specifically help them gain the confidence and help them bridge and get some of the employment services. So that's one of the key things we're doing. We're also working a lot with both the um, education sector um, to, to the, again, as we talked about, co-op placements for people in high school, um, people with disabilities in high school. What we've heard anecdotally is that many people with disabilities don't get those co-op opportunities, and we right. know that that's really, really important. Because getting that experience not only gives you the confidence to know that you you um, you can work in the workforce, but also gives you an understanding of how the workforce is different than the education sector and, and being mm-hmm. in an education institution. Mm-hmm. Um, it also provides that um, that sort of good things for your resume, if I can say it that way. That you yeah. had experience and can get, can make you um, competitive with your um, counterparts that don't have disabilities Mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that we're really looking at and we are working with a lot of the uh, universities as well UFT is one of them as well you'll notice in the report um, we highlighted a lot of um, different um, different areas where um, different colleges and stuff are doing doing things so for example we talked about Algonquin College and York University doing a specific um, program for uh, students with autism. So we're looking at highlighting and promoting those, and working and ensuring there's collaboration. We also do in, um, some work with Carlton and the Paul Menson Center, and we've had meetings with them as well. So, so it's a really cross, um, cross, comprehensive approach that isn't going to be because not just one person and not just government, mm-hmm. you know, posing things. It's going to be Can't working with that way. Working with business, working with the post-secondary, as well as the um, elementary and um, elementary, to really get into the students so that they're ready when they go to high school. They're thinking about their futures, and and that's how we can move forward. Um, so Fabulous. I think that's where what we're really looking at with the starting early and inspiring youth. One of the other things, I, and I've done on a personal level since I've started this job, and, and with the full support of the minister who goes out as much as she can to talk about um, you know, um, accessibility issues, but as a person with a disability, I've also gone to um, meet with many students with disabilities. Um, so far, I've done it primarily at the, at the post-secondary level, but I am planning to do it also at the um, high school level. Um, exactly. I went to York University to to kind of talk to people about you know how you make that transition and how I myself made that transition and many people um, have done that in, yeah um, throughout their their careers people with disabilities um,
1: so sometimes people just people especially youth who, you they and we you, we all need to see role models we all need to see see, see people doing what we never thought possible for ourselves exactly. Yeah, so let's talk about Engage. You touched okay. on a little bit early, earlier about, um, about uh, integrating businesses in this plan. Yes, so we've
0: really been working um, very significantly from the start of even in the development of the plan with the um, disability organizations, individuals with disabilities, but also businesses were on the working group during the development of the strategy. Um, And we're going to continue that close relationship and making sure that businesses understand the business case for hiring people with disabilities. Not only is it the right thing to do from a social perspective, but it is the economically beneficial thing to do. And you'll notice that we do talk about the buying power of people with disabilities and their families and friends and everybody who's touched by disability. So I think that's one of the things that we're really pushing with the business community is that people with disabilities have talent, um, and the statistics bore that out. And we know that the retention rates are much higher. The absenteeism is much lower, mm-hmm. and the retention of people with disabilities in the jobs because of the loyalty to the company are much, much higher. And some of those statistics are, are, throughout, are throughout the document. Um, you know but we know we know this to be to be a fact and so we're going to businesses and we're trying to break down those myths mm-hmm. that they have those fears that many businesses have and many times they're afraid to talk about it they're afraid that they're going to have to pay huge accommodation costs
1: right. but yet we
0: know that it's on average it's about $500 to accommodate someone with a disability. And that in talking to the person with a disability, it may not be what the employer or the person that in the HR department is thinking the person needs. It may be something very simple or it may be nothing. Mm-hmm. Just because someone has a disability and they can live they're living with it and they know how to accommodate. So we know that accommodation there is a duty to accommodate and people need to do that, but the perception that it's going to be costly and difficult, we need to we need break to down that, yeah. break down yeah. that, that yeah. myth. So what are we doing to work with employers? As I said, many of them were on the working group with us, um, including um, there was um, public sector partners, private sector partners, and I can give you some names if you, if you would like. But we're also having a lot of people that are, are champions in the field that are employers that have done this successfully. For example, Mark Wafer, um, uh, who
1: he was my guest a couple of weeks ago.
0: And you know he's been such a supporter of access talent and actually talked at our launch. But he's one of the ones that talks about how it has really benefited his business, um, hiring mm-hmm. people with disabilities because that he doesn't have to retrain people all the time as they leave, as you know in 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 that type of sector, there's a lot of turnover employees that they have mm-hmm. higher retention rates. Um, higher safety um, within the workplace in fact he is he has said publicly which uh, he said like he's never filed a, a WSIB claim for any of his um, um, employees with disabilities in 20 years hmm and when you think about the number of people with disabilities he has, he's a good champion to get out there and talk about it and also to give his advice on how we can promote and ensure this is happening so we we're cultivating a lot of these champions, and we're also um, going to be setting up an Minister's Employer Table of businesses from across Ontario, meaning across geographic areas, different, different, um, different types of business, um, mm-hmm. as well as those that have done things in the um, disability space and, and promoting employment. Um, one of the one of the areas that we're going to really focus on is mentoring, making sure that the businesses understand how to hire, how to, how to approach people with disabilities, and where to get the access pool. Because many mm-hmm. of them say, well, we don't know how to access this pool of talent. Sure. So one of the things we're going to be working with is looking at, Connecting them with the universities and the disability offices and the universities as well as the career centers in the universities and making sure that the disability offices and the career centers work in collaboration with with Mm -hmm. the business But one of the big things is this employer partnership table and we're hoping that you we're in the process of developing that and 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 I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that in the fall but we really want to get leaders in the field to be able to come together and talk about strategies and be able to champion because what we know is that business talking to business and saying it works will help spread and I always say like a little health, healthy positive competition between businesses is not bad and, and supporting never bad. each other Never bad. Never bad. And one of the things that we also talked about and it's I'm highlighted in the strategy is um Dolphin Digital Mentoring Day. And uh, Dolphin Digital is a company that um, has hired a lot of people with disabilities. a very small company mm-hmm. um, in Eastern Ontario. The but they works. also sort of, yes, yes. And so we're working with them to do, make sure that Dolphin Digital Mentoring Day, which puts businesses together with people with disabilities and, and helps them mentor for a day. They take some um, person from the company, usually in the management level, um, and they mentor with a person with a disability for the day and, and both learn a lot about about uh, each other and about um, their strengths and weaknesses and learn collaboration. So it also helps the employee um, or potential employer look at people with disabilities differently. So I think it's a, really mm-hmm. an education. I call it a dual mentoring, actually, because it's not just about mentoring the person with a disability who uh, would might get some, you know, New
1: knowledge. New knowledge. But it's knowledge.
0: E- exactly. It goes both ways. So, um, one of the things we're doing there is we're really working with them and we're supporting that initiative through this year um, and, and we're doing that, so exactly. that is really key. And I think one of the key things I was really thinking is last year when Dolphin Digital did their SMART mentoring day, um, 18 people with disabilities got jobs as a result of that day.
1: Oh my and God! It, that is fabulous! Was, Applause! And, my goodness! And and,
0: and so they cool. were actually very high level, uh, you know, very good high, you know, higher not level jobs. Not all
1: entry level, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not all entry level. All right. So ADM Pugrello, we're going to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about integrate and trailblaze.
0: Devon has been with his company for over five years, since before his legs started giving him trouble. He loves his job, he's great at it, and he plans to stay with the company till retirement if possible. Problem is, it's getting difficult for him to walk from his desk to the washroom. His supervisor, Aisha, lets Devon know that she's noticed he's having some trouble. She suggests they move his desk closer to the entrance and the washroom. Devon is relieved and agrees. This is an example of a basic accommodation that helps make a workplace inclusive. Did you know that 50% of accommodations don't cost a dime and 80% cost $500 or less? The inclusion of people with disabilities in the workforce is the best answer to our current labor shortages. And making businesses accessible to customers with disabilities sees you tapping into their $32 billion spending power. Sound good? Then let a changing paces, warm and friendly expert take you by the hand and walk you through the steps to making your business accessible to everyone. Visit us at changingpaces.com today.
1: And we're back. Now I'd like to hear about the two, the second, excuse me, the second set of pillars, the integrate and the trailblaze. I'm not, I'm I'm most interested, I should say, in the trailblaze portion. I feel like that's the integrity piece behind the whole program. Um, Do you have a primary initiative for each of those that you want to share? Yes, sure I will. I will talk um, a bit about the integration
0: um, piece, and what that is, is really ensuring that the employment services we have are seamless and person-centered for people with disabilities around employment and training.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And basically, right now, there are, d- there are different, different areas that provide different employee supports, whether you get it through the Ontario Disability Support Programme, or Employment Ontario, and there's an, a number of providers that are out there. And what we want to be able to do is look at making sure that they're more integrated, and that there's more supports in place, mm-hmm. and that there's best practices and innovation. So one of the things that we're looking at <clears throat> is to make sure that there's choice to meet the range of job seekers' needs, and that there's support for job readiness and job matching and retention and job coaching services. And so really, what we're looking at is to do, a, this is a phased approach, with the, and the, this is led by the Ministry of Advanced Education and Skills Development. And they're, they're announcing that they're going to be doing this in a phased approach in three communities. Um, and right now they're out and talking to um, some communities, doing some consultation. So it's, it's meant to be a very consultative process and that this is gonna be phased in over, um, the, at least even the, th- the three um, first sites will be phased in over the next year. Um, and then you know as as the rolled out, and we 're getting the best practices from across the province, mm-hmm. and they 're looking at the best practices to inform as they do this first phase, so they 're looking at it being in um belleville Cornwall, and Timmins as the initial potentially, and they 're just again in the consultation phase with those so um, th- those may change, but again, it's, it's meant to be a really consultative process with the disability community in those areas, as well as the service providers that already exist in those areas that are, are leading the way. And it's just meant to really be a, a way to coordinate and to make sure that there's a comprehensive bu- bundle of services. So that's really that whole pillar to really look at supporting the employment of people with disabilities, giving them the supports they need um, to to gain employment.
1: Mm-hmm. So it sounds so, like it's going to be more of a holistic process.
0: Yes, yeah, th- that's what we're trying to do. And we're doing to do it um, in a very measured and, and consistent way to look at the three-phase communities first, look at the best practices that are currently existing, because we know that there are many good employee, employee service providers out there that are doing excellent work at the, mm-hmm. you know, we know about the uh, um, ODS. Uh, Odin and the work that Joe Dale does and all of that, so we know that there's a lot to build on. It's just that we're going to build on those and, and make it more of a comprehensive, coordinated system.
1: Excellent. Um, so,
0: so, um, so that's basically where the supported employment piece is. I should also mention that um, that ODSP employment supports have been um, provided to, uh, two more, two million dollars more to continue to provide supports as we know as we're making those efforts around the the youth and. and fabulous. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so going on to the trailblaze, um, mm-hmm. this is really about the government, establishing the government as leader and change agent. And I think um, I'm also the ADM of OPS accessibility. So um, putting the two portfolios together has, has been very good because um, we are an, one of the key employers of, of people generally in Ontario. Of <laughs> course. Um, and also you know we can influence um, you know that we do a lot of the policy and program work across that impacts programs and services across um, mm-hmm. Ontario so so um, just want to talk a bit about what we're doing we're, we're doing um, we're going to be looking at our hiring practices within the OPS we do have a very good um, Number of people with disabilities in the Ontario Public Service at all levels right now were, um, according to our employee engagement surveys um, from our 2014 survey and our 2017 survey should be coming out um, soon and we think it'll be even higher. Um, we're at about 12% of the Ontario Public Service are people with disabilities.
1: Mm. So
0: that is that is quite high when you compare to other other businesses and even other. Um, public sector areas. Mm-hmm. So, so we're good, but it doesn't mean we can't do more. Um, and I think we're really going to be looking at our policies and our um, HR policies, how we can promote the hiring of people with disabilities, and also make sure that managers at the at the um, hiring levels at the um, frontline managers understand about accommodation. We do have an employee health and wellness um, office that the, it's not in my area, it's in the Ministry of Government Services uh, proper, but that will help um, managers and employees with doing um, health and wellness plans and, and return to work and accommodation plans. So that is a good thing, and we're, we're actually you know, helping others know about that type of model because some bigger companies can, can uh, implement such a, such a similar model. Um, and again, we are looking at really promoting um, accessibility within, within the Ontario Public Service. I was really um, happy to actually host a um, a celebration um, of accessibility during National Access Awareness Week, and we had not done this in many years in the OPS, to do a very comprehensive um, outreach to all the staff, and we had a webinar, and we could do that, that everybody could participate, really celebrate, and, and the Secretary of Cabinet came. David Onnelly spoke, um, and we really talked about how important it is embedding accessibility in in everything that we do within the Ontario Public Service. So that's really what um, this is. And again, it talks about looking at, um, uh, you know, how we as government um, are, we're going to be looking at our policies across and looking at um, where we can promote employment, um, even in broadly, like looking at some of our procurement practices and and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So, so really, we're going to try and lead by example, but also continue to work with businesses on 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 the, the journey that we have and really make lead by example, but say, you know what, it is profit. Like you can, this is a business case for this. And I, I just have to, I, I talk about one of the people here that we talk about, which is um, um, Jim Kite. Um, we actually had him come and speak and I know he also spoke at our, at our, um, at our launch, but he did spoke, speak at our OPS Accessibility Day. And I'll have to tell you, uh, famously, that so many people were so excited to, to see an NHL player because it was mm-hmm. just at the end of the NHL season and the, and the playoffs, and, you know, he was able to break down a lot of barriers or misconceptions that people have because here he was, an NHL player that played in the NHL for almost two decades, and he is a person who um, is um, legally deaf, and so people were like, you know, really interested in his career progression, but also how his career progressed from um, someone who had a, a hearing uh, hearing disability, and he was able to be successful, but then subsequently even had a brain injury um, due to a car accident and was able to come back from that, and then parlay wow. his his um, his. Um, life into it you know he's dean he's a dean at Algonquin College um, so we've had him as the as the um, as the a- a accessibility director has had him speaking at ma- many of our uh, forums across across ontario and i would say he's a very inspirational and he's someone that you know now is working in the broader public sector and also spreading his
1: his knowledge and he's um really demonstrated very very, very that- inspirational we've have to wrap up what do you think, I have one last question, what do you think do we, that we as a society can keep in mind on a daily basis to minimize barriers to accessibility in general?
0: Well, I think that we can keep in mind that what is easy for accessibility um, is, is really something that is good for everybody. You know, curb cuts are good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Elevators are really good for everybody. Um, and, really, people with disabilities um, no matter what your disability are, can all contribute because we all have skills and unique mm-hmm. talents that that if people look beyond either what your physical or, or mental health or invisible disability is, they look beyond that to what your abilities are, that that really will help us as a society hone those skills. Um, because as a person with a disability, you learn how to cope with different things throughout your life, and, and really learn how to accommodate yourself, and you gain a skill set that Absolutely. is much better than some people without disabilities. So I think it's really important to keep that in mind. And I often say to my staff, on this funny note, I, say, I have a ve- I have some difficulty um, writing sometimes. My- I'm not that quick at my writing because I I have cerebral palsy, like yep. I said. And I said, but but over my years of learning and training. I have really good memory. I can remember a lot of things. I might just have to write down one word. So I can tell you that my staff often say, oh my God, you remember that, you remember that in it. Uh, I
1: know I've got the same situation for myself. Um, I have MS and um, my technology skills compensate for my memory in a big way. If any of our listeners want to reach out to you, ADM Piccarello, uh, to talk to you about Access Talent or to reach your office, how would they do that? Um, oh, okay.
0: So they can actually um, email me at uh, Susan. Dot Picarello, and I'll spell that P I C A R E L L O at Ontario. Dot C A, and I really do have an open door policy to try and hear what people have to say about employment. We're really looking for innovative solutions, and I want to know about people's experiences and how how we can address some of those barriers. So, so. Um, I, you know, I, I encourage if, if people um, do have questions to reach out to me via email, and uh, I will we'll get back to you.
1: Well, thank you very much, ADM Piccarello. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for today's episode of Access Talk with Trish, a 30-minute weekly segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. Please join us again next week on Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. This show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that don't think they have the time or money for compliance. Visit changingpaces.com and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. Till next time, take self-care seriously and God bless.